You're listening to The Creative Production Lab. The Creative Production Lab is an audio podcast produced by the University of Nebraska at Omaha's Chris Library. The Creative Production Lab is aimed at the University of Nebraska at Omaha's students, staff, and faculty of our academic community. But all projects, hints, tips, and otherwise any information here is applicable to anyone interested in any creative activity or project we may be engaged in. For more information, go to library.unomaha.edu. Welcome to episode three of the Creative Production Lab. Uh, As promised, we're doing an extended recording, and we're going to cover what we were doing last week, which was specifically Global Game Jam. Uh, We're not just going to cover Global Game Jam because we got some interviews from folks that were there, but we're also going to talk about game jams in general, our hosting of them, and uh, try to get folks to our upcoming events in the spring, summer, and fall semesters. So, as usual, uh, this is Charles Fisher um, with CPL. I'm going to hand it off to Drew, Sean, and Shelby to give themselves a quick intro, and then we'll get right along to talking about GGJ. Well, this is Drew, uh, still human like last time. With a much updated mic. Mm. Yeah, more human than human. That's not (laughs) scary. Uh, I'm Sean. Uh, Hello. <laughs> Sean, okay, for for two straight episodes, you've had the best personal intros and guidance about stuff. You deserve that one. I'm keeping it. I don't. I mean, I thought I was gonna say something. I just said hi, I'm Sean, and then I waited a second. I was like, am I gonna, am I gonna say anything else? And then what felt like two minutes later, I decided no. <laughs> That's good, That's... Shelby. Shelby, it's your turn. Yeah, I'm Shelby. And I was in the last one. This is my second appearance on this podcast, and I know absolutely nothing about game jams. So this is a learning experience for me. Which is super helpful because, uh, you, Shelby, you're, you're kind of like in this prime zone of you've got a graphic design background, you've got an art background, you've got a tech background even, and yet we still couldn't convince you to come to a game jam, uh, <laughs> even though you just like, Everybody and the teams would do nothing but benefit from having you around. Okay. So maybe we'll convince you to do the do the spring one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for folks who don't know what the global game jam is, uh, it's a game jam. That's it. That's the end of the podcast. Uh, but All right. see Google you guys it. later. Later. <laughs> Google it. That, this is, I told you it'd be an easy recording for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Global Game Jam is uh, one of the largest international events um, that's hosted simultaneously online and in person at local areas where you have 48 hours to make a brand new video game, board game, game experience of any kind based on a secret theme that's released at the very beginning of the event. Um, In past, so we've been hosting it here on campus uh, since 2016, so prior to me even working at UNO, we hosted it here on campus, um, and it's been growing ever since. We've expanded into other events, uh, and this year we had 41 people register despite it being entirely online, and they completed 13 games. Uh, compared to last year, which we had 46 people register, our, our largest event ever, and they still only completed 13 games. I say 13 is a small one. 
but that's not. 13 completed games is a huge number. If you compare it to other regional colleges that have actual like dedicated game design programs where they're getting uh, between 100 and 200 students, just students in, and they complete maybe five games. So we're rocking it here. And I attribute that a lot to we have professional developers come in, folks that have gone on to do other stuff at studios, to work alongside UNO students and work together. Um, this year online, it was really cool where folks that used to come here at the beginning had their team members or students themselves come and join in online. So we got folks from Ireland, the UK, Netherlands, Sweden, uh, join us from their host site in North Carolina. Game, it, it really starts out a whole big year of game development, game design, get-togethers and community for everybody. Uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's been the transition of, we, even though we shifted online and had middling success with some of our events last year, I think 2021 has been a big turnaround for people wanting to be together and join in and do it online together. Is that, yeah, that sounds good. So basics of a game jam. This one's for, for you, Shelby. Um, and Sean and Drew, you you got in on some of the other events on this, but did, did you all have any idea what a game jam was prior to actually doing it? No, yes. I... Oh, well, no, and I hadn't even heard of them until I, like, stumbled into the first one. You were kind of a blank slate um, yeah. entirely. And, and Sean, you said you've heard of it, but you didn't, didn't take part in prior to it? Yeah, no, um, I follow I followed some creators online uh, before I participated in my first game jam who um, were programmers that uh, participated in the international game jams and they would stream their uh them like over the weekend working with their teams and stuff like that so i knew what it was but i'd never participated in them well what's particularly crazy and egregious for me is i participated well i i took cgi and uh um animation classes at uno things that would have been very useful to game design and for these kind of events and i never even heard of it yeah, and that's kind of like, it's unless you're willing to spend a budget, and I found this out the hard way doing, trying to host these outside of the university setting is it, unless you're willing to advertise them and have corporate partners, nobody knows what the heck they're doing or, or going on, um, which has been kind of the boon of co like working with RHO and the Omaha Game Dev Association outside of it and then kind of like bringing the CPL into the group with UNO as like our primary partner. I, I attribute that to a lot of our growth and a lot of people figuring out what the heck we've got going on. Because um, for, for computer science students on South Campus, they've done hackathons. They've been doing hackathons for years and they're really cool. Um, and, and a hackathon, for, for folks that aren't familiar, is you're presented with a specific kind of programming problem and you have like one day, usually like 24 or 48 hours or just a weekend to like hack into that program or alter it or change it to do a thing, usually with like a prize at the end, semi-competitive. Uh, and those were the basis for what game jams were supposed to become. But if for games, it was like, okay, so we're not trying to hack into something or ch chop apart a Google Glass and turn it into something useful. Uh-huh, there's a dig for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. 
but but it's just like no, we we want to get together and cooperatively make games of any fashion. Usually video games, yeah. But um, what is the what is the mission statement of a game jam? As you're talking about this, well, it, okay, solid, yeah. Uh, say the mission statement changes depending on what event it is, but in general, it is to interpret the theme at the beginning of the event into a playable game or interactive experience within a set deadline. So the importance of it isn't necessarily the fact that it's about games. It, it's about the deadline. Um, and that really kind of changes a whole lot of it up of you've got 48 hours to make a brand new game from absolutely nothing. And that's daunting, right? Uh, and it, it may turn some folks away. And that's kind of why I like talking about Global Game Jam as an intro for folks is because if the 48 hours is really good. Some online ones usually last like 24 hours or like Ludum Dare is a whole week. Mm -hmm. You have to have a ton of skills to, to get through one of those online ones. You've got to be a programmer. You have to be a modeler. You need some fashion animation experience or you just have to program your butt off, right? Um, but with in-person game jams like Global Game Jam, you can kind of build a team. And that's what we focus on, especially on our in-person ones, is meet new people, share the skills that you have, programming or otherwise, and collectively build an entity that can have fun with the theme or challenge as it's presented and then get the work done by the, the Sunday that it's due. So, yeah. Well, I, Go ahead, Drew. I was going to say, not only showcase your skills, but find reason to build new ones. Uh, I mean, you know, so many people have interests in developing skills and various things like, oh, I want to do, I want to play piano. I want to learn to draw. But I've learned through my own exploration that without a project in mind, uh, it's almost kind of like staring into the void, trying to know where to start. The cool thing about a thing like a game jam is, you know, you're no longer wondering, oh, what should I draw? You have an idea in mind for a game and you're like, oh, I have to draw this thing. And then you kind of give yourself purpose to explore developing the skill that you may have been interested in doing so. Uh, I very much saw a lot of that in the first game that I made at my first game jam. Interesting. Yeah, well, because the structure of the game jam is what makes it so different and kind of impactful and kind of what draws people to it. Because as Charles is talking about, you know, you get that theme, you get the time limit. And um, so the the goal of a game jam isn't to create this like masterpiece beautiful game that you know you're gonna publish immediately and you're gonna throw it at like ea and they're gonna be like oh god yes this is amazing no you're you're making some rubbish game quickly that fits the criteria and when you're doing that you learn a lot of like what you want to learn i guess is kind of what if that's what yeah. Drew's talking yeah. about you know yeah you 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 show up because you don't have to have any skills to participate in the game jam. You talked about things like Lodum Dare, which is very much targeted towards the more I'm a proficient programmer. This is a challenge for me and my programming team. Um, and uh, versus something like a game jam where you can show up and not know how to do anything and make a board game because all it takes is knowing how to use a pair of scissors and having played Monopoly once to know how to make a board game. 
Look, and... Mr. Scissors over here with his like tenth grade skills. Right? <laughs> tenth, you learned how to look. If you learn how to use scissors in tenth grade, I think we need to have a conversation. About yeah, there might be a little bit of a gap there. Uh, yeah, yeah, naturally, no. you don't learn scissors till at least high school, obviously. But you see, if you don't know how to yeah. use scissors and you show up to a game jam and you're like, "Hey, I want to make a board game and I need to do this thing, but I don't know how to use a pair of scissors," I guarantee you, out of like the forty-five other people at the game jam, one person has the is willing to teach you to use a pair of scissors and if they can't and if you don't learn sufficiently enough for you you go home and you practice for the next year using a pair of scissors and guess what when you come back next year you're going to know how to use a pair of scissors and you're going to teach somebody how to use a pair of scissors sean well you, you just that was actually a great explanation yeah <laughs> i was gonna say you too. infinitely <laughs> made up for your terrible intro with yet again a perfect teacherly explanation for the whole experience we love educators well, i wanted to oh. I wanted to add it on to that because I think there's a really there's a really good nugget of like truth into that that's really important for the game jams is that the cool thing about these is generally the people that go to these are really cool people. So, you know, whereas we all just instantly went into chastisement about the idea of not learning how to use scissors by 10th grade, if you went to someone in one of these game jams and said, I want to do this thing, but I don't quite know how to do it they generally aren't going to be like that. They're not going to be like, idiot, you don't know how to use scissors? Uh, they're going to go to you and they're going to be like, oh, oh okay, cool, yeah. Uh, here, uh, let me do this thing I'm working on and I'll come over and take a look at what you're trying to do and help you out. Uh, I've definitely noticed that uh, from both ends on a, hey, I need some help. Can you take a look at this coding? See what the hell I'm not doing right. And I've done that for other people who have come up to me and asked how to do something. And that's one of the really cool things about it. It's a, it's a collective group of people all working towards a goal and it's a place where you're safe to explore your ignorance yeah that's it and especially with global game jam what's been great about the 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 structure of it is there is a board above so i'm the local representative for global game jam where i i host a specific site but i answer up to a regional organizer and each region answers to like a large board of the nonprofit. Um, and they've been super, super cool about very quickly, um, it, it, given the, the age of the, the organization, developing inclusivity um, uh, statements and guidance for how to treat people um, and reporting issues uh, on sites that have been really, really good. But uh -huh. the, the whole idea is Global Game Jam specifically on that idea is about inclusivity and team support. And they've got documentation and policies in place to make sure that happens. Um, so if somebody tells you, like, oh, you're dumb for not knowing how to use Unity, just like not knowing how to use, use scissors, you can seek additional support from anybody else on the site or from me as a site organizer, or from the regional organization, or from the, the, the board as a whole, and somebody will assist you in finding out how to succeed. And that's what I've really, like we, we could, and we do, we host our other game jams on our own, but with Global Game Jam, it's kind of like become the, the prototype for how we treat and organize everything from here on out for our game jams is this is about the community, this is about inclusivity, this is about an exploration of uh, your creative interests, which it's almost like the, the CPL should have been hosting these things the whole time, and I'm so glad we get to now as part of it. And I think it also, it goes back to the, the, the 
when I asked you for the, the, the mission statement of Global Game Jam, um, you might not find it on Global Game Jam's website, uh, but the, the, the goal for the thing is, like I said, it's not to create some god-tier, amazing first-person shooter that you whipped up in Unity with your master programming and 3D modeling skills. The goal is to make, is to focus on kind of the basic design criteria of you're given a, you're given a, you're given a theme, you're given some modifiers that you can use to play with the theme. And then as Charles likes to talk about, what is it? Verb the noun, right? <laughs> yes. And so your goal is like, I want to make this thing. It's like, well, that's that's a lot of work. Are you going to be able to do that in 48 hours? No, let's start trimming the fat until you get down to the very core mechanics of your game. That is what you're going to build. You're going to build those the, the three words, the verb, the noun thing that your game does. Throw the ball uh, uh, uh but punch a kitten. I don't know. Uh, don't make that game, Sean. <laughs> yeah, no one. But you know, like you're 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 doing that, and so the it's the goal isn't to make these grandiose things. The goal is to learn and practice your basic game design and your technical skills. And when you have that being your goal, you are going to attract people, and you're going to hopefully maintain that atmosphere of that's what your goal is. You know, you're not going to have some like 40 year, I mean, you might have some 40 year program, like game dev veteran who's in there, but that game dev veteran is going to be there to practice their skills, to hone them and to help people and, and it to like be part of this group of people that are making games together. I mean, you could make one big game for a site. That'd be interesting, but yeah. well, and, usually and, you don't. Yeah. Okay. And, so you, on that note. Yeah. Go ahead. On that note. So then at these game gyms, then do you enter as like a solo like artist or do you enter as a group or is that kind of up to you depending on the event? Yeah, all of the above. Um, for our four events we host, like with Global Game Jam, you sign up individually, but you can always just start like, hey, I've signed up on my own, but I'm working with these five people. Mm, or I've signed up on my own, but I only know how to do pixel art uh, or I only know how to do like basic Unity programming. And my job as the site organizer, it, it, the way I've always seen it, is to connect those people into successful working teams. Mm. Um, so we've got like this year, since we were entirely online, we did most of our organization on Discord. Uh, whereas in person, what would normally happen is people sign up ahead of time. And that Friday night when we start, I will dedicate an entire like eight foot whiteboard to write your name, write your skills, say what you're looking for on a team and what interest you are, and then kind of like put people together that way. We made a, a dedicated like discord server channel um, to, Hey, I don't have a team and I would like to work on the following things and kind of found some new folks that way. Um, that ended up resulting in one of the things where, we have an industry, a couple industry vets that do this event every single year, um, both of which, I'd say a couple specifically, I'm, I, where they've been doing it and have some published games, small scale, like indie mode, where their primary interest is in design and programming, and they bring on artists uh, to do oh. all the assets. Okay. So if you're someone who's like, man, I've never done anything for video games, but I'm really good at just putting out kind of like little 2D art, I usually try to guide them towards a couple of these folks uh, to that, that know what they're doing game design-wise so an artist can really shine for their skills. Um, and, yeah, I'd say 
that that's the coolest thing that I think game jams in person and a little bit more of these online ones have done is put together folks with skills to complement folks that may not know anybody, may not think that their stuff is applicable, um, but you put three or four people who are just interested in games together, and it, it it's phenomenal what can result in, uh, in, in that yeah. collaboration. Hmm. Yeah, game jams are about finding people that will cover the holes in your knowledge and help you make a game together. Uh, and then kind of what you talked about is you go like, wow, that was really cool. This guy, this guy was just programming away on unity. This person was drawing some awesome art. I want to do that next time. And then you come and you do it next time, or you get them to help you learn how to do it during that jam or something. They, or even if you go at it, uh, solo for the entire project, it's a really great way for you to learn what that entails. There are some like, because my first game jam, I knew almost nothing, but I decided to go in with the mentality of, I'm going to see what it takes to make a game. And there were many things that I got to a point where I'm like, okay, what's the next thing a game needs? And I'm like, okay, I need to do a loading screen. Oh God, how do I do a loading screen? And then I'd spend like two hours researching and building the loading screen. So even if you do go the, the solar route with no knowledge, it's really cool to kind of sit there and say like, what do I need next? And actually learn what that entails and how to do that. It's a really great environment and reason to kind of dive headfirst into what it is to be a game developer. Sounds like there's a lot of like UX and UI design that goes along in it, there too. Oh, above and if, if you're in graphic design and this goes out to folks that are taking the, the UX UI classes here at UNO now, if you really want to test something for your portfolio, Miniature games like this are great for forcing you to make the most restricted and well-decided UI UX choices you've ever done. Mm. Because yeah. if, let's say with, with like Mario or Halo, those are humongous UIs with sub-UIs with, with, with item selection and world selection or level selection that you, you, you need a document to plan through, right? Right. Most, most big games do. But if your game is nothing but, um, and I'm going to, like, Sean, this one, smack the kitty, uh, or smack the cat, as Sean had suggested. Um, I said it, punch the kid in, punch but the kid. thank you. Oh, yeah, the good good job bringing it back up and calling yourself out. We, we all love you, Sean. But <laughs> yeah, it, if, if, if your entire game experience is literally just one core interaction, my favorite one ever is called, um, uh, somebody made a game called Super Double Dip at Games Plus Plus in like 2015. It's literally, your the interaction is you dip a triangle chip into dip. Dip the chip. That's the whole interaction. That's it. Hmm. Wow. How would so you design? What's your yeah. UI? What what's your interaction basis for that? How do you design a challenge? The goals around a verb, the noun, is your entire game experience. Literally forces you to practice the bare essentials of decisions in the skills yeah. you have. It's oh, like from a teaching perspective, I couldn't think of anything that really is like a unit test more than a game jam. Yeah, game jams are all about. You, you have 48 hours to do this. Throw away everything else besides your very core basics and do that and do it well. And if you have half an hour left at it, maybe make it in color. Yeah. It, if your game looks too good, you didn't spend enough time on the game. <laughs> or or your, a... your experience. Like, there's a weird split there. 
it is always fascinating going into that with the mentality of, I have an idea, here's how I think it can look like. And then realizing like 30 minutes in, oh God, that's not something feasible within 48 hours with the resources I have available. Every time without fail, no matter how many jams I go to, I overestimate what I can put out in 48 hours. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, this might be a good transition then to kind of talk about the nuts and bolts of what happens like after the theme is released and until a game, everybody's playing your game on Sunday, what the heck goes down on a game jam, right? That's not, this sounds like a good transition to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So let's say 24 hours before the jam or the week before it, you've signed up, you've made your profile, you've gotten on the Discord and talked with people and shared some memes. Um, the first thing you're going to do is watch, and what, this is what we do with all ours, is we make like a five to ten minute video uh, that says like, thank you from our sponsors, um, as well as the theme. This year's theme was Lost and Found. Um, hmm. The very first insert game here theme was Ultraviolet. So it's like a concept or a word or we did an insert game here where the theme one year was literally like a picture. So it wasn't, it wasn't even, it was like, your theme is this picture of fruit. And you've got to come up with an idea for a game from there. So as soon as the theme is announced, um, this year it was announced five days before the game was quote unquote due, you need to start coming up with ideas, like brainstorming your butt off. And this usually, ha like, sometimes if you've already got a team, teams start doing it. Um, when I'm working with RHO and we know that that's what we're, the, our team for the year, that's, we do that inside of our team. Um, but what happened this year being entirely online is there was an open brainstorming channel where people were just tossing out solid gold ideas that it never got made. Uh, so, so, I mean, you we, can't make everything. Oh, yeah. Lord, no. But but everybody can collectively come up with a bunch of really cool ideas. In person, we would fill up whiteboards with these ideas based on theme. Like, Lost and Found this year was, um, I think, uh, the core idea that Ta Taylor came up with was uh, a baby has lost its candy. He wants to find it and get it back. So that's like, okay, cool. So that gives us a, a, an impetus for what game we might make based around that. Um or you've lost your cheese. So there's some very literal interpretations of the theme, but the best ones are ideas that are brainstormed like, okay, there's that, but then what's the idea based off of that weird idea? Those are usually the best games where it takes a minute to get back to the theme, but you can sort of tell that the theme was this really cool jumping off point of like a third or fourth tier idea. Yeah, and at least in my experience, <clears throat> the way that uh, game jams work a lot is people throw a whole bunch of ideas at the wall and you get a whole bunch of stuff. And then there's like three or four people that are like, hey, that idea is really cool. You want to work on it together? Or somebody or somebody comes up like, hey, I got this really cool idea. I want to work on it. Who's interested in helping you with it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The, the, so yeah, the independent brainstorming ends up creating really cool teams like oh man, I'd, I'd like to make some sort of space shooter game, but I've never, I, I can make the art for it, but I'm not sure how to do the mechanics. And somebody else is like, actually, I know how to do that. And I think here's a cool idea that could make it unique. Uh, so a whole new team gets built up around an idea that otherwise was cool, but couldn't have gotten done 
internal to a group that was going to make it but it, once it's opened up to everybody it's great um and that's that's what i'm more than anything else i'm missing about being in person and what can't wait to get back into is people just kind of jokingly saying out loud the stupidest possible idea they could think of and then turning around and going that's phenomenal how can i help and drew i'm uh, this this isn't a 2d duty was that uh, idea for yeah, me yeah 2d duty Oh, I explain that. Okay, okay. Well, I, explain man, I don't, that. I don't remember what the theme was for that year. Do you, Drew? What year was it? Uh, that that was insert was like, game here two summers ago. I think it was like uh, environmentally conscious or something like well, that. Well, it was. Wasn't that the theme of uh, the Earth is dying and we're killing it or whatever? Oh yeah, that was. Oh in, yeah. Insert, insert game here, 2019. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. yeah, I remember. So okay, so the the point of the game was. That CO2 or uh, greenhouse gas emissions are destroying the planet. And the only way for us to save the planet is through reverse farting, sucking oh the gas God. back up into us. Yeah. And oh so it was a board God. game where you had, it was actually a really cool game because it was, had very interesting movement mechanics. But the whole point of the game was to see who could go around and collect the most greenhouse gas emissions that caused themselves to then explode. So they could be the successful martyr of sustainability. Wow. Yeah. But if you suck it all into you and then you explode, aren't you just letting it all back out? Yeah, well, that's what listen, I was going to say. Sean, it wasn't built on logic. <laughs> yeah. It's called 2D duty. Yeah. But the whole point there is uh, I, I heard Drew start laughing from the other side of the room. And then I looked at the board next to him for the ideas that he was putting up. And I came over and asked and I was like, I had just planned on like helping people make teams and doing very little and I thought this idea was so freaking bonkers that it's like, whatever this goes, I want to help make it. Uh, that, I cannot wait to get back to that kind of interaction inside of a game jam. Yeah, same. Or just walking across the room and looking at somebody's uh, like work and just going, what, what, what you doing there, buddy? And then turning around and looking at you and saying, oh, I'm making a game about sucking farts into your body till you explode. And you just go, oh, <laughs> uh... Slowly well, you away. do you, buddy, and just, just go back like, to yeah. your game. But what what's beautiful is the community that's kind of developed locally here in Omaha. The reaction of you do you, buddy, and walking away in kind of like a meme style doesn't happen. No, it's like you, you sit down and <laughs> it's, it's like, well, can I play test it? That yeah. sounds like fun. Everyone is terrifyingly supportive. Um, so even like your what may be the dumbest idea that you could have thought up in like a sixth grade room that you would have been laughed at for. I don't. I, I cannot think of an experience where someone has been explicitly laughed at or told an idea was bad. I've I've heard some conversations and kind of like mitigated some conflicts inside of teams where like, look, this is not achievable, but not because the idea itself was inherently like just disregarded. No, and most certainly, what I was saying is like, it's just like, okay, well, uh, that sounds interesting. I hope you make a good game, and you know, you kind of like, it's just kind of, it takes you off guard. You're like, oh well, I, I didn't think about that, but that sounds pretty fun. Uh, let me know when it's play testable, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say you also you have free reign really to make whatever you want to make. Like the first game I ever made wasn't even you couldn't even really play it. It oh. was just an essence there to mock you when that was yeah the theme for global game jam that year was home 
And surprise, surprise, the Nebraska nice came out of everybody, and we found out that everybody's interpretation of home is very brutal, is horrific. Yeah, Uh, it was bad. Our generation does not have a positive interaction with their their parents or grandparents as a whole. No, yeah, that can kind of. It was a lot of it was a lot of childhood trauma coming out in games. No, and it being (laughs) funny as hell, top to bottom. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. But then everybody was just like, "Yes, I've felt that." And then everybody was like, "Ha ha ha ha! That's great." I just, I, I just turned into a rat and got hit with a baseball bat by my mom. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh. it's like, it's a type of thing where you have like a, like a psychiatrist come in and look at all these games. You're like, "You guys, you good?" And everybody's <laughs> laughing and eating pizza and going, "Oh yeah, we're good." Oh yeah. So normally we also do a bunch of pizza. So yes, it's a, it's a trauma bonding. Everybody needs like trauma puppets experience see well and you see and that's yeah but there's pizza when we're in person see on in-person game jams are a lot of fun you know because you show up you hang out with some people and you talk to them while you make games and then the local red bull people give you a lot of red bull probably too much and you end up drinking way too much red bull and mountain dew and getting a panic attack oh yeah yeah, we yeah that was yeah the last time we had it the in person one we we got ten cases of Red Bull from our local distributor, Clementine um, Red Bull like the orange tangerine. Oh, it was so oh, good. So it good. lasted like thirteen minutes. Yeah. Well, no, it, we yeah. had leftover. Yeah, <laughs> no, because, because people. Yeah. yeah, by by the end of today Saturday going into Sunday, people's kidneys had shut down, and we had to encourage folks to like drink nothing but water. But I long remember story after short. that one. Well, I remember after that one, uh, Charles was trying to hand out the yeah we the tried Red Bull to... <laughs> to students at UNO before it expired. I, I yep. felt like such a drug dealer then, but I was, I, I was surrounded hey, kid, you want by some kids. Red Bull? Yeah, in like kids in the uh, Dare program, it's like, no, sir. I know that caffeine is bad for me. Keep it. I drank a lot of Red Bull at work after that game jam. <laughs> uh, no, but like it, it, it brings up this really good point of you know like there's all this serious discussion about like oh this is the very design ideas of a game jam and this is the goal of it and this is the like the philosophical reasons of why you why the game jams are a thing but when it comes down to it a game jam is just a really good excuse to have fun doing something you enjoy with a bunch of other people who also enjoy doing that thing and, you know, you, you, we, we order toppers, you know, we order a whole bunch of pizza for everybody and we all take a break and we sit there and we eat pop, uh, pizza and drink copious amounts of Red Bull. Or, you know, you sit on the floor and you play test a whole bunch of weird games that are funny as hell and you're having fun with people, you know, and you meet you meet these people in the that share your hobby that are in the industry and you exchange discord information and then when next game jam rolls around you're already talking to them a week beforehand saying all right guys what are we going to do this time what are we going to do with it and that's in essence why you keep going back to a game jam because if i wanted to just learn how to do unity i could learn unity sitting in my bedroom with not talking to anybody if i really wanted to well that's no fun Mm. Yeah. Sounds like we have all been terribly affected by the isolation of this pandemic. I can tell oh, just man. from this conversation that we miss. I miss going to conventions. I miss conventions. Time. I wanna. I wanna. Yeah. Yeah. I think we we opened up episode two with us being like, "Oh my God, I haven't talked to you in months." And we were so excited just to be on Zoom with each other. Oh. And now, and now we start reminiscing about like 
We remember when game jams were in person. Remember when you could sit next to somebody? Ugh. We Man, okay, so we're gonna pause here and recognize that we're cutting out 20 minutes of us bawling. Uh, and then we'll come back. Yes. <laughs> Poo. <laughs> can I make that can I make that my ringtone? Just Charles Fate crying. You, you can if you want. That's it for part one of this episode. Join us uh, for part two, where we talk about our personal history with the Game Jams, some of the games that got made, and when we invite everybody back for the rest of the Game Jams that we've got. So thanks for listening to the Creative Production Lab, and if you keep this running, we'll see you soon.